0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. On today's show, we're going to be recapping Raheem Morris's introductory press conference. Uh, as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, which took place 2 p.m. Uh, Monday afternoon down at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So it was kind of a an introduction of sorts uh, for Raheem Morris, the full-time head coach uh, as a member of the Atlanta Falcons, but it was also kind of a welcome-back party for some members of the media and certainly a lot of people inside of the organization. There was an overall theme of, you know, kind of coming home. For Raheem Morris, he called out a lot of people who I had, you know, the pleasure of working alongside for four years there uh, with the Falcons. But people like Carl Pierberg, um, you know, Greg Beatles, who is now the team president, uh, was not the team president while I was there. And he mentioned, you know, Raheem mentioned seeing Greg just walking around the hallways at odd hours of the day. Same here. So it was very much a kind of coming back home for Raheem. In a lot of ways, uh, and that is one of the reasons, as you guys have heard me on the show say, you know that they should be able to hit the ground running. Like there is no learning curve. The learning curve does not exist for Raheem Morris because he's already learned it. He learned it so many years ago. It's it's really cool seeing you know a, a lot of the same people in the same roles, and he's even bringing you know some people back, Steve Skarnecia among them, keeping kind of Sarah Hogan in, in her role. So. There's going to be a lot of familiarity and continuity for Raheem Morris, uh, which again was a big theme of this introductory press conference. And that's, you know, kind of unique and rare. There was also a lot of talk about, you know, just how Raheem has grown and progressed and matured, uh, since his first stint as a head coach with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, a lot of quarterback talk, um, you know, the state of the roster. Terry Fontenot was also there talking about uh, his role in the process. The Rich McCabe at all, Bill Belichick. There was a lot to digest, but honestly, and, and that's why there's not a guest today, and we're going to keep it a little bit short. Introductory press conferences when there is not a huge systemic overhaul or Coming to Jesus with the organization in terms of where it is, you know, I I think that the intro press conference for Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot was in a lot of ways more interesting than this one because that was all right. We are charting an entirely new course with both a GM and a head coach, and they kind of had all the fallout of everything that went right and then everything that went wrong during the Dan Quinn era, this is, again, as we've mentioned on this show, you're kind of inheriting a team that is ready to go. You're you're just installing a new pilot to fly the same plane. And so I'll get into why everything sounded a little bit different, but also sounded a lot of the same. It's still a lot of coach speak. It's a lot of the future is bright. We're going to take accountability. You know, we're going to play physical fundamental sound and execute and all of that good stuff that sounds great until you hit your first three game losing streak right so gonna get into all of that but first it's playoff time and the usual suspects are heading to vegas for the championship and our partner bet online is the number one source for football odds stats trends and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the gatorade Betonline is the number one source for your championship wagering. So head to Bet Online and join today to get into all of the action. Betonline. The game starts here. So the big kind of I mentioned theme of homecoming, that was certainly one of the big kind of overall um topics of discussion for Raheem Morris's press conference. But the other was, again, kind of this maturity that he feels like he has developed. One of the things that really kind of stood out to me as he was answering a question kind of early on in the press conference um, was how he has approached all of the years since he was last a head coach with Tampa Bay. And he kind of mentioned wanting to really pour everything that he had into helping whoever he was working for, right? And that sounds... Kind of obvious, and that sounds on the on the surface like what are you reading into that? That's kind of obviously that's your job as an assistant or, or what have you. But to me, it it did speak to this, you know, humility that I feel like you really do go through a, a crisis, maybe of of identity or certainly of of maybe self confidence. And you know, at one point, Raheem said. When you're 32, you feel like you have all the answers. And that hit me hard. You know, I'm, I'm 30 right now. You guys have to listen to me. I certainly f- know everything, don't I, right? And that's not true at all. And so I, I think that that was really an interesting insight. And so then to hear him say, he was just focused on almost being more of a servant and, and kind of helping... And being part of the team, and whatever you need from me, it's not about my ego, and it's not about my ambitions or goals. It's just about being part of an amazing group that is all rowing in the same direction. And Raheem was—he was a part of a lot of really successful groups and, and coaching staffs, right? You know, I, Washington has not have had an abundance of success over the last, you know, several decades, but. That group with RG3 for that one season when everything was clicking, that team was really, really good. And then with Kirk Cousins for that stretch there, like they were respectable. And Raheem was part of those staffs. And certainly what he did here in Atlanta, he was respected, highly thought of, and relied on, had a big role on a lot of those teams that had a lot of success. And when it wasn't going right, he was a very trusted person to kind of pick and choose some spots to really maybe impact this this group in a lot of different ways and he did then moving forward a situation where he was entering uh, a group in LA that was already established you know yeah they they were about to win another super bowl uh, but they had already had the success they'd already kind of had a proven track record of of getting to that super bowl in the first place and so you know Raheem's kind of coming in again being Like, what can I bring to the table? And I think what he learned there was really the collaborative process and how to have a true level of collaboration that it takes to achieve at the highest possible level. Because you can either do it really one of two ways. And we saw this from the Falcons this offseason. Like, they were given somewhat of, of this exact choice. You can take the it's my way or the highway. I am kind of the great man theory in the year that that Oppenheimer is probably set to win best picture, right? The, the I alone can envision greatness and brilliance. And that was the Bill Belichick model and approach. I'm coming in, I'm doing it my way, I'm bringing in my guys because you're bringing us in here to turn it all over. What we do works, we're coming in to change it, and that's why we're coming in here. And the other way is no, it's a very collaborative effort. It's going to take a village to really get to the very pinnacle of the most competitive sporting league in, you know, certainly this country, maybe globally, soccer people, I will defer to you. But it was a really interesting insight into kind of the two paths that a franchise can take. And, you heard many, many times Raheem kind of say how excited he was to get to work with Terry Fontenot. And it's very clear that he thinks highly, again, you know, how he actually feels and what he says in front of a bunch of microphones and cameras on the very first public day of his job are two totally different things, right? Sometimes they can be. Sometimes they're the exact same. I'm not saying this is one or the other, just putting, you know, that little caveat out there. But this is a totally different team than the one that he led as the interim head coach in 2020. There's no Matt Ryan for starters. There's no Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley uh, defensively. There's no Keanu Neal, Deion Jones. Um, the defensive line is, is totally different. It's a very different roster, but you can tell that he thinks it's kind of in a better place it was interesting when he was asked specifically like why he was excited about the roster. He just said Drake London, Bajan, Robinson just kind of in, in that <laughs> really uh, dramatic reading. But you know, I, I think that that was a little play for the cameras and that's what you're going to get with Raheem. He is a little bit of a, a showman, which I appreciate and I like, and I think is going to really mesh well with the culture here. But I don't know if that would be the start of my answer. I actually might say Jesse Bates, Chris Lindstrom, David Onyemata, Grady Jarrett, right? Like the work that they've done in transforming this team in the trenches and also on the defensive side of the ball, I think is more important than what they've done offensively because they were in a pretty good spot offensively the last time Raheem was here. He's a defensive guy. I think he knows what he has in this defense. Maybe he was actually being pretty smart in kind of giving that answer. Maybe he isn't tipping his hand in any way, shape, or form, even though I know you know what is that going to do in February. But eh, these guys are sometimes thinking 15 steps ahead for better and for worse. Um, looking at my notes again... One of the really, really fascinating and and maybe best answers that Raheem gave during the entire press conference was when he was asked about the um, coordinators that he's bringing in, Zach Robinson as offensive coordinator, and then Jimmy Lake as defensive coordinator. And specifically, the answer that I loved was about Zach Robinson, who I don't know much about. Not many people, I think, do because he was co-offensive coordinator, kind of you know more in line with the passing game stuff, but he's not been in the league too, too long. I believe he's 36 years old, maybe 38. I'm, I may have that number um, off, but it's one of those two. And to hear Raheem lay out all of the coaches that he has worked with and all of the offensive minds that he has been around, it is so impressive. I mean, and... These were minds that he was around when they were basically Zach Robinson's age, if not much younger. Right when he was with Sean McVay, Sean McVay is like twenty four years old, twenty three years old. My like Mike McDaniel was twenty four. Like these guys were so young and in the developmental parts of their career that he has a great kind of firsthand data bank to rely on for what a young and promising offensive coach looks like. He knows, just like anybody who's out there scouting a quarterback, you would want the person who is in charge of finding the Falcons quarterback to have looked at a lot of quarterbacks and been around a lot of college quarterbacks throughout the course of his or her career. And that's exactly the way that I think Raheem is approaching this offensive coordinator higher, and it's it's one of the reasons why. Even though it's it's not a known name, and even though you can't immediately be like, I know what a Zach Robinson offense is. We have a pretty good idea him coming from Sean McVay and and the Rams. But I kind of trusted that decision because I thought that of any of the coaches available right now, maybe short of a Mike McDonald, um, you know, maybe Brian Callahan has kind of the same. History, But Raheem Morris has been around for a long time and he has been around some of the, you know, key, key figures in the current NFL landscape, guys who are defining the game every single week. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is back in a Super Bowl. So I really trusted who Raheem Morris was going to choose in these roles. And then to hear him say, you know, I've been with Kyle Shanahan in the playoffs In the biggest stage I've been with Steve Sarkeesian on a Monday night football game with the entire country watching us late in the fourth quarter I've been with Sean McVay on these huge runs and seeing how they have changed and adapted year after year to these different teams. So I trust him when he says the stuff that I saw in them that then turned out to be reasons why they are now dominating the game. I see that in this guy too. And I thought that was a really strong answer and kind of helped me, you know, I'm not going to buy in one way or the other. That's kind of not my role here, but it helped me understand at least the pitch for somebody who is not, you know, proven again by himself that he can do this. And and that's not to say that he can and that's not to say that he didn't have a huge role in what the Rams were doing last year. Frankly, I would need to talk to more people before I'm able to say one way or the other. I simply don't know, so I'll just say that right here. But I'm excited to find out because, again, you see the tree that it comes from. You see, you know, where it all flows and the origin point, and that has had a lot of success and in a lot of ways is rivaling only the Shanahan offense as the consistent way of operating offensively kind of in the league. Yes. I mean, Andy Reid as well, but having Patrick Mahomes, I think means a lot there uh, also. So I just really thought that answer was very smart and kind of Raheem at at like his best when he's selling one of his guys and not necessarily talking about himself. I don't think he lacks for confidence and isn't able to, you know, express his strengths uh, in a very eloquent way. But you can tell that he just loves to turn the spotlight on somebody who he thinks very highly of. Um, And you could tell that he was really excited uh, to just get the chance to explain why Zach Robinson is the right choice. One other thing that he said that I really liked, and it, again, speaks to... This culture building, this collaborative nature, and really the the humility that Raheem expressed throughout the entirety of the press conference was, and this is a quote, he said, I, I don't need to be the smartest person in the building. Um, and that was... You know, something that I saw even during his time as the interim head coach in 2020, uh, he relied heavily on Jeff Ulbrich in in that fashion when he moved from defensive coordinator up to interim head coach. And Jeff Ulbrich uh, moved from linebackers to defensive coordinator. But even before that, when Raheem was just defensive coordinator, I mean, he and Jeff Ulbrich were working very, very closely and collaboratively because Raheem respected what Jeff Ulbrich knew about football. And you know who was right about that? Freaking Raheem Morris. He has kind of a little bit of an eye for what a great coach looks like because, again, he's been around a lot of them. And so you can tell that, yeah, if you're smart, add in You know, Raheem Morrison, he would talk all the time. Dave Brock, the receivers coach, when the Falcons receivers were, like, among the most feared in the league and they were having stables of guys, right? Dave Brock was was the coach there. And he was talking to all of these coaches all the time. He is a very collaborative, and we're gonna do this together. And he's gonna get input from the players. He's gonna talk to Grady Jarrett. You know, I can't wait to to hear how excited Grady is, you know, come training camp and when he's talking about Raheem and, and the energy that he brings and everything like that. So I, you know, it's it's just fun, you know, I think to have somebody come back and I know that. This does make me sound like I'm very in love with this hire. I don't ultimately know one way or the other. We're in such a hurry to kind of, I think, already decide what the outcome is going to be before the journey has like even started that I'm just in favor of somebody getting a second opportunity. And also, I like the idea that even if things don't necessarily work out the first time around, that in this world that can be so cynical and so quick to burn a bridge or so quick to just get one over on somebody else that you can maintain a good relationship and that you can then kind of say, hey, look, we we believe that you did go away. You did get that necessary experience. And so even though at the, maybe the company you started at, you weren't ready to get that promotion or move to that next level, you go somewhere else, you get that experience and, and we liked working with you. Let's come back and, and now you're ready to run the show. It seemed like everybody, uh, you know, Greg Beatles said at one point they were unanimous in their recommendation of Raheem Morris as head coach to Arthur Blank. Uh, he said that in response to a question about Bill Belichick and, you know, really how serious the team was in going down that process and interviewing, you know, the six-time Super Bowl winner with the uh, Patriots. And, yeah, you know, they they did say that they had a lot of respect for obviously everything that Bill... Has done, but at the current juncture and for this current team, they felt you know that the path they chose was ultimately the right path. And I've laid out the reasons why that may be on this show, but essentially because of the work that you'd already I- invested, and in. the sunken cost theory is a little bit of a fallacy. But when you're uh, like an 82-year-old owner and this is the NFL and there's millions, if not billions of dollars at stake, then yeah, the sunk cost is actually real and felt. And you spent three years remaking this team, but also remaking the organization a little bit to kind of set yourself up in a different way for a different landscape league-wide. And that took a lot of work. And in in a lot of ways, you know, Arthur Smith was of that with Terry Fontenot but it also cost Arthur Smith his job because he got one little part of it wrong that's how serious they were taking that new approach and that next approach and if you go back to when Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot were hired and the last time we were doing one of these intro press conferences that was a very serious time when they said we took a lot of self-reflection every coach that they talked to during that hiring cycle they wanted to learn about themselves as well. The Falcons did a big look in the mirror the last time around for that hire. So I don't think that now at this point in time, they wanted to do a full about face. Again, kind of say like, hey, Napoleon, come on in here. You run the ship, bring all your guys. It, it's just going to be you and and your way. Again, it's if you're in the organization, of course you don't want that that means you're probably going to lose your job, right? All of the people that Raheem was was name dropping, like who knows if they're still here, if that's Bill Belichick in the, uh, the chair. So for, from that standpoint, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that they would want to recommend Raheem. But again, it was a little bit of an identity choice for the organization and ultimately, I think, owner Arthur Blank, and he has always been a little bit more of a collaborative guy, right? Even if you want to go back and look at the Home Depot, empowering the doer and all of us, right? It's helping everybody get more done. That's collaborative. And so I think that that's kind of just what it boiled down to with the Bill Belichick and with the he- Raheem Morris. Uh, you know, I've seen reports. I think it was Mike Sando who said that the Falcons were a little bit worried Um that Raheem would maybe choose Seattle and uh, so they swooped in before he would interview with Seattle and, and maybe that was a little bit of a rush move who knows everybody seems very happy that Raheem is is back including Raheem um let's end with the quarterback because it it kind of seems like that is at least not right now on the front burner um and i i can't get a read yet if that is just really staging right we are in Draft season already. Even though the the Super Bowl hasn't happened, if you're Terry Fondo, you've been thinking about the draft for months. You're already starting to play this game. He said in his intro, Terry Fondo did a press conference that he watches everything. Again, whether that's uh, blustering for the cameras in your intro press conference, or you actually do sit there and in your basement are watching every single press conference that everybody else does, that's probably smart. You know, if everybody's going to tell you what they're doing. Go ahead and watch. And for that reason, he usually doesn't say what he's doing. And so when asked about kind of the quarterback situation, which Raheem Morris multiple times called the big elephant in the back of the room, he said, you know, that they frankly have been having more conversations about the coaching staff at this point than the quarterback. And that makes sense on the one hand, right? If you're just hired as the head coach, you're probably most worried about getting your staff together. That doesn't also mean that you can't be thinking about quarterback. And he said that they have had some of those conversations in passing. He said, obviously, there are different approaches you can take. You can take a free agent. You can trade for somebody. You can go through the draft. So they're at least aware of what we're all aware of, that they have three options they can take. So that's a great place to start. Um, so again, I don't think we're really going to get a lot of information from the, uh, coaches or even Terry Fontenot on quarterback, because if they're going to go about it in the draft, then they're really not going to say a word because none of the teams say anything. And especially not if you're trying to trade up, you're not going to tell everybody who you're trying to trade up for, because that's just maybe going to increase the demand, uh, at that spot that you would trade up to. And if it is going to be a free agent, then they're not even going to be able to comment on any of the players in the league until the league year starts. So again, it's going to be just kind of a hurry up and wait situation at quarterback. Um, But that is what they uh, said when asked about the position. So that is really what we have from Raheem Morris's intro press conference. He is very grateful for a second chance. I do think that he has worked very hard to earn a second chance. And you look at every spot that he's been at, Since then, they have had success. I mean, he even though Washington, you didn't really achieve at the highest, highest level, if you look at the run that he had there, it was way more successful. It was the most successful kind of stretch that Washington has had really otherwise. And here in Atlanta, yeah, the Mike Smith years, if you look at Dan Quinn and Mike Smith in totality, the Mike Smith years were more successful. But again, Raheem was a big, big part of Dan Quinn's group and also not really a person that I would hold very accountable for the ways that it went wrong. You know, I think he did more to kind of hold up and, and help the, the group when things were going wrong than he did to lead, uh, to that spiral down, um, I guess in the way that everything ended, which is part of the reason he was named interim head coach, uh, once it did all end. So, then going to los angeles being part of that super bowl run seeing how the organization again an organization that he was walking into that was already established so again it's it's like if you're always working for startups and then you go into a machine that is just clicking and firing on all cylinders yeah it's a different skill set you got to develop you're not out here like pitching ideas you're having to learn and adjust and adapt to the way that everybody has done things and what has proven to work and nobody really cares about all these ideas that you're throwing out now. Now you've got to figure out how you bring value to the table. And I think that he enjoyed that challenge. And again, it sounds like he's learned a lot from that. So that is all we've got time for today. Today's episode, as always, was presented by Bet Online. Keep an eye on the feed. Later this week, I am going to start releasing uh, the position review series that I've been holding off on for a little bit just as all the coaching news unfolded. And now that it's settled down a little bit, before we get into free agency, I thought that this would be a really good time to kind of take stock of every position group who is going to be hitting free agency, who's coming back, what is the salary cap investment at the position, where is that rank league-wide? Those are some of the different categories that we kind of get into for each position. So I finished recording all of the offense. I'm going to start rolling those out later this week and we will go just every other day i think on the feed with those and defense will follow right behind and then we'll probably do just one special teams episode um so that's what we've got coming down the pipe on this feed that will do it for me today until next time everybody take care